Number 21. I've passed by it hundreds of times. My mother liked to show me the 1930s facade with its stone arches. I'd noticed various shops on that street, ice cream, pizza, but I'd never stopped to take a closer look. Now, seventy years after my grandfather had left the premises, I wanted to see the building for myself. I couldn't imagine that three years later I would unveil a plaque on this very building that I had not yet entered. Today it's an office of the Veolia Environmental Services Company. I call them up. My grandparents used to live there. I'd love to take a look around. Really, just a look. I don't want to disturb you. It was before the war. I'm sure there are few traces left. Of course I understand if it's not possible. I detected the ambivalence in my own voice. It was almost as if I was worried that they might actually let me in. They did. Why would they resist? So one Wednesday in April 2010, off I went to Veolia, to 21 Rue La Boétie, where I begin my story. Touched by my curiosity and possibly a bit incredulous that it's taken me to the age of sixty to set foot in the building where my grandfather's gallery was located, my hosts graciously show me around. The hallway has been divided, and there are white stucco columns with Corinthian capitals, which I find a bit tasteless. Are they original? And a black-and-white damier marble floor. It's all been redesigned, modernized, the rooms, the spaces. There are spotlights affixed to the ceiling. The staircase, with its old-fashioned banisters leading to the upper floors, seems unchanged. Lots of Fernand Léger's and André Masson's paintings used to hang on the walls of this interior stairway, which led to my family's private apartments, the one belonging to my grandparents and their children, then the one to my great-grandmother, Paul's mother, Mathilde Rosenberg. Of course, no paintings now hang in this stairway, which leads to various offices. The overall impression is dreary. Yet the elevator is modern, surely in compliance with health and safety regulations. The rattling old cage of another age is gone. The stairway within the gallery, the one with the cast-iron banister, seems to have retained its original look from the 1930s when my grandfather did some elaborate renovations. The floor is patterned with marble mosaics made with yellow stones, but there's no way of telling exactly where the mosaic plaques went, the ones designed by Georges Braque, who also supervised their installation. Above the stairs were arches, replicas of the ones outside, adorned with pieces of mirrored glass. I'm in the lower of the two exhibition halls, the one that appears in so many of the photographs I've seen of my grandfather situated in his domain. All the exhibitions at Rue La Boétie were held in this large room. A month of Braque, another of Henri Matisse, a third of Pablo Picasso. It's now a boardroom for Veolia executives. The fine oak parquet floor is still there, and I immediately recognize the wood paneling, which I've seen in the photographs, as well as the glass ceiling with its little star-shaped windows, which as in other galleries of the time, diffused the light, 
so as to soften the hard edges of cubist painting. If I half-closed my eyes, I could see them, those big paintings from the 1920s and 1930s hanging on the walls. Soon after, those masterpieces would be replaced by portraits of the head of the Vichy government, Marshal Philippe Pétain. In 1927, E. Terriade, a famous critic and art publisher of Greek descent, described the Galerie Rosenberg in Feuille Volante, the monthly supplement of the influential journal Cahier d'Art. We are introduced into a huge room, high-ceilinged, bare walls, naked light, a room in which sober brown curtains weigh down on the collection, in which two solitary armchairs up.